from Protect the Pack Productions at the Turquoise Trail Charter School in Santa Fe, New Mexico. My name is Chris Eide, and this is The Hypothesis, a show about what it's like behind closed doors making decisions about whether or not to open up school in the middle of a global pandemic. This week, we're going to pick up on a story that we started last week, which is the story of our kindergarten and how they came back to school. You might recall that the first day back for our kindergartners in a hybrid learning model was Tuesday, October 20th. Before we get started in this episode, I'm going to play you a call that went out to all of the parents and guardians in our school community on Thursday, October 29th, just nine days after their first day. Good afternoon, Turquoise Trail families. This is Chris Eide, Interim Head Administrator, with a very important announcement. Given that Santa Fe County has been declared a red county by the Department of Health, we are taking extra precautions that may affect your family. Starting on Monday, we will not be operating our hybrid in-person kindergarten or our small five-to-one groups. Our childcare will remain open. I'll spare you the rest of the recording, but suffice it to say that our in-person learning here at Turquoise Trail for our kindergartners, which was going to be the first group that we brought back, lasted about two weeks. This episode is the story of what happened in that second week that led to us closing our school back down for the kindergartners. The first week back was full of tension and excitement. And you might recall from last week hearing from one of our kindergarten teachers, Sarah Maynard. She sums it up best. I would say it was positive overall because of the reaction of my students. And every parent that I talked to this week and I asked what you know what what does your son or daughter think about school they're all so happy to be back and that was the mood going into the weekend on Saturday and then into Sunday as we looked at the weather reports it became clear that snow was going to be descending upon Santa Fe and there was a good likelihood that it was going to be descending uh, Sunday night and into Monday morning, and that Monday might actually be a snow day. But that was fine because Monday was uh, parent-teacher conferences, and those were going to be held virtually anyway. So the kindergartners were not expecting to be back in person on Monday. As it turned out, snow didn't fall like we thought it would, and Monday was a normal day, albeit, again, mostly online. But our eyes turned to Tuesday, and what that might mean for the return of kindergartners in week two. And looking forward to November 5th, Thursday, November 5th, the first day back for the pre-K students. That was the next thing up for us. And the pre-K team was excited and nervous just as the kindergarten team had been leading up to their first day. So Monday evening, snow starts to fall and throughout the night, it begins to seriously accumulate early Tuesday morning, we made the call that Tuesday was going to be a snow day, our first snow day of the year, which seemed fitting in the middle of all of this chaos to just have a snow day as well in the middle. 
you also might recall that Wednesdays are a day that we do not have uh, in-person hybrid learning at the school. It's a day that we use to really deep clean the school. So the next day back for the kindergartners was going to be Thursday, uh, one week and two days after their first day. Now it's October 29th. It just so happened that that day, we were also meeting with the pre-K team to finalize a lot of the preparations that they were going to need to know how to execute in order to have a flawless first day themselves. And the pre-K team had been very adamant from the beginning that they wanted to come back. Pre-K students in particular are so challenging to educate online in a consistent way. And so they were really excited to come back. Toward the end of that meeting though, one of the teachers said, yes, we're so excited, but man, we are so nervous because these COVID-19 numbers in New Mexico continue to go up and up and up. And I remembered in that moment that our Department of Health was supposed to refresh the health data on that day. And I had forgotten to look at it up until that point. I wanted to really make sure that the pre-K team felt good about the situation they were going into. So I clicked over to the Department of Health website in hopes of seeing that the numbers in Santa Fe County were holding steady or getting better. But instead, I saw that our county had gone from orange to red. In the beginning of the year, the New Mexico Public Education Department and the state had declared that if your county was a red county, you would not be able to open. The guidance had changed to if your school is already running in a hybrid model and your county turns to red, you are not allowed to open up any new programs or any programs that you had not already declared that you would be opening. We had already declared that we were going to be reopening pre-K, and so we were clear to do so. But our county was red, and people were getting nervous, more and more nervous, to be among others in any shape or fashion. So we let the meeting end and very quickly convened our operations leadership team to make the decision around what to do given our new health circumstances. Well, the first part was shock. This is Danielle Garcia. You might remember her from some of our earlier episodes. She's our director of operations. I mean, we saw the data moving, but when you actually have it in front of you saying this is reality, that's completely different from just thinking about it. And especially for us, we just came out of a meeting trying to plan for the future, getting more kids on campus. And here we are thinking now, this could be the stop for everything and prioritizing what was important at that point, our prior, you know, our employees' health, the students' health, the risk of everything becoming a place of mass spread. We didn't want any of that. And, and how do we balance that with the needs of kids who we know are hungry, who don't have access? That was a tough time and everything happening all at once. I know you and I sat here back and forth, just, okay, what are our priorities? What are we looking at? Everything's a priority, of course, but just trying to get that out in the open and try to deal with it. That was hard. That was really, really hard. I know it was kind of emotional too, because we were at a point where 
We felt like we were serving kids. We were doing a good job. We were in a, on a good pathway. And all of a sudden, just crash. I mean, we were ready, but not, I think, emotionally ready to just say, okay, this is, this is our new reality. It can be destroyed in a second. <laughs> so in this moment, you have to go back to your values. What do you value the most? And what would you not give up, no matter what? For us, the desire to serve our kids in person in our earliest grades is really deep and profound because we, we realize what is at stake for them being at home, perhaps more than any other group of students. You balance that with the public health need and making sure that your school is a safe place. And overall, we decided that safety had to be our primary concern. Everything had to be safe. What could we do with the absolute safety for our students and for our staff with the minimal amount of contact. So we knew that we could still carry on classes virtually for kinder. We'd been doing it before. So that wasn't even an issue. But there are the kids that don't have access that, you know, to internet, to food, that school is their safe place. We had to make sure that we are serving those kids. And how do we do that with our staff? Just making sure that our staff was protected. The Turquoise Trail School community, like many school communities all over the country and world, has a significant population of students and families who are suffering disproportionately because of COVID-19. We knew that no matter what, making sure that those kids had access to food and internet and recess and safety during the day was the paramount concern. And so while we canceled our hybrid learning for kindergarten and we put off our start for pre-k as well as any other grades that would follow we also canceled our small group in-person learning uh, in five to one which we were having for students with special needs or disabilities but we expanded our child care service from 30 to 40 to make sure that we could serve as many of the students in highest need as we possibly could but that came with trade-offs too, because think about the message that it sends to the people who you're asking to stay and work with kids while you're telling everybody else to go home. I want to introduce you to Tammy Padilla, who is our operations manager and oversees uh, the childcare work here at Turquoise Trail as part of her overall job responsibilities. I was very nervous. I was nervous to increase our cap to 40. Um, I thought it would put a real strain on my staff. And I was nervous to see how my staff was going to react to that. Yeah, I thought they were going to say, why us? Why are we staying in? Why was it okay for them to be here? And of course they would say, why us? But when I asked Tammy whether she would have preferred to shut down childcare as well, she told me this. No. These, these, families, these families don't have a choice. And these families are the ones that need to be here. And I think the kids, it would have really affected the kids. And um, my staff knows that. And they, they know what they need to do. And we just agreed that we would take on more and, and um, we would face every day, one day at a time. So the options are essentially this, one, you keep going with your hybrid kindergarten, your small group, and your childcare. You push forward with starting up pre-K. Knowing that the numbers are rising and people are going to continue to get uncomfortable, 
more and more so. Do you shut the whole thing down? Send everybody home? Batten down the hatches? That risks really putting kids in jeopardy, our most vulnerable kids especially. Or do you find something in the middle? And that's what we opted for, making sure that we have space for our most vulnerable kids and protecting adults as much as we can who are in charge of also protecting those kids. So we keep them safe too. But no decision seems like a great decision. So we made the call. We expanded our child care, especially for kids of essential workers and kids who really need to be up at school. And we alerted the entire school community. The robocall that you heard earlier in this podcast was sent out. And at the end of the day, I went and sat down near the classrooms where the kindergartners had been for not very long at all. And I thought about the next possible time that they could come back. And we are getting close to Thanksgiving. Flu season is among us. Our COVID rates are rising. There's a short amount of time between Thanksgiving and the winter holiday, and it's not likely to improve by then. And then you have the winter holiday. People traveling across state lines, family members coming into New Mexico, the very strong likelihood that we would need to be conservative and spend two weeks in sort of a general quarantine after the first of the year. That meant that next time we could start to see our kids in kindergarten and maybe start to return back to school as you know, normal as it could be, would be the middle of January. And that's just a tough one to take. Yet, yeah, I share the exact same thoughts. We know we have to be careful and probably the soonest we would see them back is mid-January after we evaluate everything and hopefully the state is in a better place where we're not just spreading at an alarming rate but I don't know I just don't know that this should be the new norm for kids you know like I said I have my 12 and my 13 year old who are barely hanging on by a threat and we're doing everything we can I can't imagine little kids who just need the interaction they need lots of attention constantly when it's hard if you are working you can't give that to your kid at home especially a little kid it's constant so this is this should not be the new norm i don't feel like this is what we should be going towards we should just keep our eye on the prize how can we get them here to be able to give them what they deserve they deserve in-person learning in the end we just hope that we made the right decision next week on the hypothesis During the time in which we were closing down, Santa Fe Public Schools was in the business of reopening. And during the first several days and week that they were open, there were a number of COVID-19 cases that popped up in the schools there. Next week, we talk about the role that suspicion plays in the virus and its spread around our community. We hope that you'll join us. In the meantime, stay safe, everybody. Please. Wear your mask, stay six feet apart, and wash your hands. It's the best thing that we can do for our kids in our school community. This podcast is brought to you by the Turquoise Trail Charter School, Santa Fe, New Mexico. A very special thanks this week to Tammy Padilla, 
as well as all of our staff members in childcare, uh, working with up to 40 of our young people in our school community every single day. We see you. We appreciate you very, very much. Special thanks as well to Danielle Garcia for coming back onto the show and for all of her hard work. One additional special thanks to the Turquoise Trail School community. This time has been incredibly trying on all of us. And my hope is that when this is all over, we're bound together in a new and really powerful way. Thank you for sticking with us. Thanks for all of your well wishes and thanks for your patience. Stay safe and stay well, everyone.